the first thing you should know about my friend Andrew is that once upon a time he disagreed with me, even argued with me, on the controversial topic of tights are not pants. He was in college during peak yoga pants. And we disagreed about the merits and not of walking behind co-eds on campus. The next thing you should know about Andrew is that I'm guessing now, now that he has a daughter of his own, he's going to come around to my point of view. To everything, there is a season. The first thing you should know about my friend Auntie Jo is that she's a night owl. Her comedy keeps her up late, she goes to bed late, wakes up late, and doesn't really feel alive until about 8 p.m. At least that's what she said to me when I told her I couldn't record after 8 because it's too close to my bedtime. The next thing you should know is that Auntie Jo staying out late is just one of the many ways I can tell she's cooler than me. Between that, her jet-setter lifestyle, and her comedy career, I can't escape the fact that the former teacher who gets jazzed about literary terms like allegory and juxtaposition is way cooler than I'll ever be. Welcome to Half My Age, a weekly show in which a 25-year-old adult and a 50-year-old child help each other make sense of the world. Word up. <laughs> That's how cool I am. I say word up. It's it. I had like a realization this last week. I think... Uh, until this week, I just naturally assumed that I was cooler than you because <laughs> because I was young and you were old and you were a teacher and teachers are lame. Uh, and, and then I, I took I took all of two seconds to think about it. I was like, oh, fuck, she's way cooler than me. God oh, damn it. Of course and I it, am. It, it doesn't stand up to been. any scrutiny at all, which is like, if, if you really do think about it for two seconds, it's no contest. I know. It's always <laughs> been the case. Come on now. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm sorry. This is, this is new to me, and it's, it's, it's kind of something that, you know, I'm taking it kind of hard. That's... <laughs> oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I was going to tell you, oh, God, that's funny. The epiphany part of it is funny. The rest of it, I was like, whatever. I all, I had to write a note to myself on my phone last night at like 2 in the morning because at midnight 30, I realized, oh, I got to text Andrew about the time we're recording today. And I just know like it's going to be wasted because it's not you're not going to see it. And also, who sends texts that late at night? So I made a note to send you a text at a normal time of day. As far as I know, two in the morning doesn't even exist. That's a made-up yeah, time. I've okay. never seen it. This is what happened to me the other day. I woke up and I couldn't sleep, and we had prescriptions I had to pick up at the uh, pharmacy, because that's cool. That's super cool, being old, having prescriptions now. So um, I was lying in bed at 8 o'clock going, I can't sleep. Joe's fast asleep. The dog will be asleep for a while. I thought, at same thing, like a eureka. Ah, pharmacies are open at 8 o'clock in the morning. Like, I could go right now. You run an errand. And run an errand. That is so weird. That is so weird. Like, at 8 in the morning. And make no mistake, once in a while I have to get up and do things like announce a race, which is get up at 6 in the morning. Like, I understand. That's a normal schedule. It's just funny. It's funny. 
<laughs> that it seems like like I don't know that eight in the morning exists. Ugh. Well, to me, eight in the morning feels a little late. This morning, Sadie Ooh. was up a little after six, uh, and I rolled over and I, uh, yeah, I looked at Delaney like, "Hey, uh, is it is it go time?" And she's like, "Do you want me to try to put her back down again?" And I, "Yes, please, if yes, if please. you would." Yeah. Uh, and it didn't work, of course. It never works. Uh, so you know, we're up at six, and that's just normal. That's that's how I, it is. I, I know. I mean, and of course, I did it for all those years. But I was always a night owl. That's the truth. And of course, I adjusted to, to around the baby schedules mostly. And then, I mean, I was a teacher. We were Joe and I were talking about that the other night. Like how insanely punishing that felt to be a teacher to me to have to be someplace at seven twenty in the morning. And by the way, one thing I felt about teaching, which I think is why I wasn't ultimately a great teacher is because it felt like showtime to me every single class period. Even though the goal is to get the students to do the work, sure, that takes ton of planning and it takes a lot of wrangling and classroom management and honestly planning so that things can go boom, 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 and you can make the most out of that those that 70 minutes that we had, you kids in the classroom. It just felt freaking relentless and that it would come at 7:20 every morning. I never got over it. Yeah. Now I'm I'm kind of amazed when I think about getting that many people together in one place at that hour of the day. <laughs> and like in my in the professional world, you know, nobody schedules meetings for eight o'clock. Uh, nobody, nobody can get there at eight o'clock, even though we're all working from home in our sweatpants. To expect all those teenagers to be in school and at a desk and paying attention that early in the day is nuts. No, it is nuts. It's it's a known nuts thing. Everything's nuts in education. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a known thing that I'm cooler than you, Andrew. But I mean, I don't know that the examples that you gave are illustrative of my coolness that I have a weird bedtime that I do stand I, I am also still so I mean, just like cool. I just had the epiphany that you're cooler than me okay uh, right. I also think I'm stuck I have a very adolescent view of uh, bedtime and staying up late <laughs> where it's like the the man tells you you have to be embedded a certain time. So the cool kids are the ones who go to bed when they want to. They stay up uh, late and I that see, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So to me, staying up late is a very cool thing. Okay. I get it. I get it. I also have to remind you that we have a bedtime. Like, we put ourselves to bed. We don't just stay up all night long, partying it away. Yeah, but we your literally have to tell ourselves it's time in the morning? to go to I don't bed. Know. When, two when's your three. bedtime? We try for two. Two is our bedtime. <laughs> It was our bedtime, but I mean, like you said, like last night, I I mean, often my sweet husband gets home from work very late and you can't just after a day of work and his days are so long and hard and just shit. And usually he's gone for a few days at a time. And when he gets home, how do you just unwind and go right to bed? You know, so it always takes a little bit to unwind. Hot tub helps. And same with me. I realize it's the exact same with me. I just did three nights of shows that mattered to me and... Super fun. I mean, super fun. One of the nights we went out and, you know, to the bar with the other comics and had a great grand time. Um, but the other nights we, I came right home. But it's like, I can't just go to sleep. I mean, I just did 30 minutes of hilarious comedy last night. And that takes a while to unwind. And my brain is firing. You know, I mean, 
the, the second night, the middle night, it was especially hard because my brain was firing up when I was trying to go to sleep on ways I could fix or change the jokes from that night into the next. It was a lot of like juggling. What are you doing? <laughs> Rolling over. Joke book. Got to write it down. Got to get it out of my head. Yeah. So but it's easier we to get too stay far up a little bit. Yes. From the, uh, from the cold opens, I will say oh, yeah. I have not yet adjusted my thought on tights and pants. Uh, Sadie is much too young to be uh, wearing tights and like a... Uh, yeah, in that way. In she that way. She wears little tights over a cute little diaper. She's literally in the adorable years of tights, can be pants. Mm-hmm. I know, we don't need to even, we really don't need to go down that primrose path very long, much longer. I don't want to talk about it, to tell you the truth. That's exactly right. <laughs> you should not yet have adjusted, but it shall be interesting to watch. The life is uh, seasons, Mrs. Philholm. That's exactly Auntie right. Turn, Joe. turn, turn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, weird, right? It's still weird. Okay, let's jump into rants and raves. Why don't you start with your rant first? You ready? All right, yeah, here it goes. All right, well, this rant is about two things. One is very specific and the other not so much. But starting with the very specific one, I want to complain about the podcast editing tool that I used to produce our last episode. It Word. absolutely sucked. Yeah, uh, it promises to do a lot of things. Uh, one is that you can transcribe the audio, and then based on that transcription, you're supposed to be able to edit your podcast by editing the transcript. Super clever, super cool. Uh, it also promises to remove filler words, words like uh and um, you know? Um, but anyways, to be fair, it does all of these things, but every single one of them, it does it poorly. Uh, if you just <laughs> listen to last week's episode, it's full of super jarring cuts it's almost unlistenable. It made me so mad, but not mad enough to re-edit it. So that's why it got shipped. Uh, but it brings me to the second part of the rant, which is directed at marketing BS. Uh, these people, they're selling these things. They say it does stuff, but it doesn't. And it, it sucks and it's lying and I am against it. Well done. Awesome rant. Thanks for calling us out because then I don't have yeah that was the perfect way to do it I know mea culpa to our readers at home sorry to your ears almost unlistenable but as you said who wants to spend more time editing okay and then second part of it you kind of work in the industry I believe still of making products yeah well yeah and I think I think the software industry is worse than most because uh, the time to dreaming of something and then shipping it out to customers is very short. We don't have to make things in the physical world. We don't have to interact with offshore uh, manufacturers or anything. Supply and chain because issues. Of that, yeah, supply chain issues. Uh, there's, there's not really a lot of um, self-policing that goes on and people make wild claims and they say it does this, this, and this, and it does none of those things. And it's kind of, um, you know, with subscription pricing, they get you to sign up for a year, and by then they've got you, right? What, what are you going to do? Argue with someone on the phone for a half hour to get back sixty bucks or whatever the thing costs you? <laughs> yeah, really good point. Didn't you got a trial period, right? I did get a trial period, and I thought eh, it seems fine. Uh, it seems whatever. We messed and around I, with it on our test episode, and then when you actually put it to the test of using it it didn't do what you thought it was going to do fell short Mm -hmm. this feels to me (coughs) excuse me 
this feels to me like a uh, MVP that got shipped. Like this feels like a beta tested minimum viable product out the door at the end of a scrum, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's a lot of industry jargon, That's and you're right. giving me doesn't it feel like you're giving that, me the sweats. It's, like well, work. maybe they'll, I mean, maybe they'll update. <laughs> right. I know. Sorry. I think it's funny now because I'm not doing it. Um, don't you think that maybe they'll upgrade it as that year goes on? The thing about these kinds of products is that they will ship updates continuously as mm-hmm. they continue to make improvements. Uh, but it, it, I, I've been talking a lot recently about building trust and squandering trust and that sort of thing. And when you say it does something and then someone uses it and it doesn't do something, that means that they're going to be super skeptical and wary of using your product in the future, right? I feel like trust has been, uh, trust has been destroyed here. Do you feel like you're talking about trust in that capacity at work a lot? Building mm-hmm. and losing professional trust and uh, right. reputation. Uh, so I've since I left my last job and started a new job recently. I'm more on the product side of things, where I used to be a software engineer and on the technical and the development side of things. And we are talking about some new things that we want to work on, and we're talking about shipping them in different states because. We have some customers who might be able to see value if we ship a um, less polished thing today than if we held it back for three months or six months and got it just how how we thought it needed to be. Um, and one of the one of the topics topics that came to, came up is if we get someone to implement this thing that we've built and they've they're spending hours. Um, you know, building solutions around it, uh, and it doesn't work, or we come back in three months and we tell them they need to do something differently. Have we, uh, wasted the, the trust that they gave us? Yeah. 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 I mean, that really is all of that project management stuff that I was dealing with for a mm-hmm. while. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And are you making, uh, are, is it going the way that you want in terms of we're going to build trust? Yeah, I, I, I will say that right now, at this company I just joined not that long ago, our first core value is is customer first, right? Mm-hmm. So I think when you talk about customer trust, I think those are kind of like trigger words uh, where they mean something. And if there's an argument in favor of or, um, you know, with some, some side effects that may you know, put customers second or as an afterthought, I think, I think it carries real weight. Yeah. Right. But you're making, you're making headway. Things are going in the direction you are campaigning for. I think so. Okay. Let me ask you this. Do you feel in any way to whatever degree that you are like, that you are taking that cause and having to remind people or lead the charge for, Hey, remember trust customer first. Or is it a universal, everybody on the team is just thinks that way all the time? It's not universal. Sometimes people forget, but mm-hmm. it's also not as black and white and simple as that mm-hmm. because different people can make arguments that different solutions are sure. prioritizing customer trust or sure. customer first. Uh, it, it would be great if, if everything was 
black and white and it's like this is good for customers and this is bad for customers but the reality is is that some things are good for some customers and not not good for sure, others sure and you're weighing and all yet, the dependencies about that and what's going to actually happen and what can we promise in what time and yeah how do we look like amateurs if we release something that's not quite ready uh, yeah i mean yeah of course it's multifaceted and not black and white i am just trying to assess andrew if what you do at your job on a daily basis increases or decreases your level of cool. <laughs> I I don't think cool enters the discussion. I'm cool thinking that. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to wrap it into something cool, and you're not helping me. I, I do not have one of those jobs that Sadie is going to be eager to invite <laughs> yeah, me in yeah, for yeah, career yeah, yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I like to think about myself uh, the way Merlin Mann describes himself, which is he does a lot of stuff with computers. Yes. Absolutely. That's kind of the the start and end of the conversation. I think that's good. And it'll be really cute when she learns things like, you know, there's a little time when they're chattering and learning, like, what does a dog say? And what does a duck say? And the answer to that is always Aflac. (laughs) Okay, we got to teach her that. Um, But then like careers or whatever, you know, what's your dad? Firefight or whatever. And she'll go computers and it'll be adorable. Yeah. That, that will be adorable. Computers, and that's legit. The that's first legit time I hear that word come out of her mouth, yeah. that is going to be an amazing day. So that's, cute. That's a, that's a word that you don't expect to hear come out of a baby's oh, mouth. Oh, right. No, right. I mean, really, it's funny. Like, little George, my son, who could barely say his R's, I mean, who couldn't say his R's for a long time. So at the time where he was kind of difficult to understand, he could spit out tectonic plates. And that was amazing. <laughs> Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> So cute. So yeah, computer is a fun, like, because that's not a very, most of those sounds are easy for babies, except maybe the R, which would be adorable if she said it some cute way. So you could start teaching her computer pretty early on, Mr. Bridges. I'm all for it. We'll start working on that this week. Do you want to tell me uh, something that that really uh, got your goat this week? Yeah, let me put it on the clock here for myself. Okay. The thing that I would like to rant about this week is people giving unsolicited advice. I cannot bear it. I cannot abide it. Now, happens a lot. Everybody knows it. Nobody likes it. My least favorite example of it is people who come up to me (laughs) after comedy shows and tell me a little thing I could talk about in my skit or in my act, or they tell me something really funny that happened to them, or the worst part is when they tell me a joke that they didn't write. They saw it in like Reader's Digest in 1975, and I always go, did you write that joke? No, I've known it since 1975, and I'm like, what is it that you think I do? Is it that you actually think that I go up there and read other people's jokes? What the hell? So I don't like advice being given unsolicited. Now, that was a Trojan horse because I actually also wanted to talk about, Andrew, really solicited advice, constructive criticism, critique, honest feedback from people who care enough to give it to you. It has meant a great deal to me lately, and I'm just very fond of that. So I'm really ending with a rave. Constructive critique and feedback from people who know a thing, such as comedy, it's amazing, and I'm always grateful. End of rant rave. <laughs> Do you want to give an example of a constructive piece of criticism, whether it's comedy related or like the the unsolicited advice we get is parenting advice? That's oh, a, you that's must get it all the gosh darn time. Yeah, it's a what trope. was what was some advice that you sought out and you appreciated? 
Well, the truth is, I, that comes to mind lately because in the last couple of weeks, it was comedy. It was comedy. I won't talk too much about comedy because I know you despise it. But it was notes at Comedy Works and the guys who give us notes. And there's a lot of kind of debate around it because they give us statistics about, you know, you had this many laughs and it was this many seconds to your first laugh. I freaking love it because I want to get better. And because these are such short sets that... Like, it does matter. It does matter. Don't waste three seconds of your four minutes saying, how's everybody doing tonight? Plus, everybody's already, but whatever. Um, so there's like these things that they give us feedback on. Some of them are hard statistics like that. And others are input, tags for jokes, advice about all of it, our presentation, our stage presence, all of it. I've been doing this for years and I've always appreciated it and I always defend it. And most recently, they hung out with me after a set and gave me a lot of feedback. And then I got the chance to turn it around 48 hours later and do another show down there and use the feedback. And it was just freaking magical. I mean, it was just amazing. Just cu- cutting things down in a set that I already thought was really tight. And they anyway, I just appreciated that they took time out of their day and out of their life to think about my stuff and to give me input. I'm so, so grateful. And they always say, take it with a grain of salt. This is not the be all and end all. I get it. I get it. My jokes, there are a couple of my jokes that one of these guys literally goes, I I never listen to that joke. I kind of tune out when you start talking about prepositions. And I'm like, (laughs) uh, I just, it just reminds me of English teachers, whatever. So, um, it's not like they're our ba- whatever it doesn't matter. So I appreciate it there, but then I also, in thinking about it, thought of how often I appreciate it in all kinds of areas, and including how great it can be in a relationship when you can accept and give and seek constructive const- criticism to make things better between you, to make your household duties better, to to make your parenting better. I don't know. I just I really appreciate the conversations that I can have with people I'm in relationship with where we can say without emotion and with practical solutions, this bothers me, this hurts my feelings, this whatever, you know, whatever it is, this isn't working for me. Oh, okay, let's, or, you know, it, it yeah, that some of that is feels like criticism, but it feels also constructive, like let's work together to make it better for all of us. So there, that's the end of that. <laughs> what do you got? What do I got uh, on your on your constructive criticism? Yeah. Or are we moving on to ra- raves? No. I want constructive feedback criti- from you now. I want my constructive feedback from my friend Andrew Bridges. Well, um, I was with you the I whole time did. until the very end when you were talking <laughs> about uh, in personal relationships oh, and yeah? receiving. Uh, uh, criticism or hey that bumps me in a way that's not emotional and also not I forget the other thing you said uh, um, with practical solutions involved right right and so I mean right now with Sadie the we Delaney and I have differences uh, minor differences about all kinds of things from what's appropriate for to feed Sadie, mm-hmm. uh, to does she need pants underneath her snowsuit <laughs> or what, you know, just, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think I am not used to receiving notes in a way <laughs> uh, where I can't take it without feeling attacked. I am not good at taking advice. Yeah. And 
I, I think, uh, you know, your history with me where I was the valedictorian in high school and I was the golden boy and I, I rarely see, received any kind of corrections on my homework yeah, for, sure. you know, 18 years or however mm-hmm, long someone's in school. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to take uh, feedback. And so I've been, I was trying to apply what you said to my life personally. And I suppose I'm not unique in that way. I suppose everybody's yeah. got some, some things they're particularly prickly about and they don't want notes on. Well, and it partly comes up for me because, I mean, in the past couple of months, we had that in our relationship where my amazing husband said, whoa, I feel like I can't give you input on anything. You're just being a little sensitive around some things. And he didn't say it in a mean way, and he didn't say it for no reason, and it had been a little bit of a pattern, to tell you the truth. And I went, oh, God, you're right, and here is what's going on with me about that, and then here is the way you said a thing that maybe, and so we both went, oh, yeah, 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 both. Like what the way he was saying things wasn't helping the trigger that it was setting off in me, blah, blah, blah. And I also, honestly, I realized that I was having some, uh, it felt like crazy thoughts and anxiety. And I was also having, it was, it was, it was menopause. And so I actually, what was that? Is that in your house? the doorstop Mercedes playing with the doorstop cute like the little springy <laughs> thing mm-hmm. I hope she doesn't catch her finger in it I remember being pinched by one of those mm-hmm. when I was a kid that sounds painful I don't want to hear but that she's scream having, she, she's having a whale of a time okay I know it's adorable uh what's I talking about Sadie you I get talking. distracted like that by your daughter every time I think of her I go Sadie well I need to go on mute here <laughs> I know she's so cute what was I talking about? Oh, in the relationship and oh, feedback, advice. Oh, right. So I went to the doctor. I went to the doctor and and um, said, let's start at least medically dealing with the fact that I am going through some of the perimenopausal signs and it very naturally, I'm not alone in the world. It's going to affect a lot of things, including that. And I was just feeling, so I went, I need to deal with this because it's not fair to live with me right now. I am too sensitive. And when he said that, I went, okay, I hear you. And then, like I said, he is able to take the feedback of, um, well, when you say it like that, can you see how it might bump me or, you know, and he goes, oh, yeah, no, you're totally right. And honestly, I feel like for the past about five weeks since we had that conversation, I notice a big difference in in me mostly. And um, yeah, for the most part, I, I, I feel like that's that's a great way to be. But yeah, I I'm not super famous for being great at taking feedback. It's funny that uh, when you tell me that about you and Joe, uh, y'all are just a couple of newlyweds like Delaney and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, f- I feel like we're going through a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, but yours is harder because you have that baby and differences about how to parent. Don't ever forget. <laughs> it is hard. And there is so much emotion and history and family background. And you never even quite maybe know what you're dealing with that comes up when you're parenting. Maybe you should read a little book I wrote about it. The later chapters about how, you know, how to hold on to yourself. Like, really, honestly, that's true. There's so much worked into it. Well, good. That just means we should hang out more um, as, you know, couples. Because that's true. Having having other couples who kind of get what you're going through can be helpful sometimes. I mean, whatever. Not couples counseling. But, yeah, just the it, it's kind of funny. You know, I say a joke now where I just say, you know, I'm a newlywed and whatever. Um, and I say I never thought I'd get married again. But... I guess I just missed having someone tell me how to load the dishwasher. 
And that's the joke. And that's not really a joke, but it gets an amazing amount of laughter every single time. That hits with everybody. And of course, Joe doesn't tell me how to load the dishwasher, but he's had it in a relationship and I've had it in a relationship. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a funny thing. Anyway, so yeah, on the other hand, I guess what I'm trying to do now is integrate this. I love getting feedback in theater school as an artist on my writing. When somebody edits my writing and sits down and pays attention to it and cares enough and does a good job of like, not just red pen edits, but like, here's philosophically where you're missing. You know what I mean? I love Mm -hmm. feedback from comics that I care about. I love feedback from Joe. It's getting to the point now. He's this poor man, this long suffering man. We need to, I, you, we all need to convince him to take some nights off from comedy. He always freaking comes almost always. And I beg him like, just don't, just don't take it out off. He loves to come. But now well, I got to stop it because no, he's over it a little bit, but also every time I come off stage now and I'm like high on life. Like last night I was like, I crushed. And he's like, yeah, pretty good, babe. I mean, you know, I'm used to you crushing, I guess. I'm like, okay. Anyway, he gives me real honest feedback about my comedy. I appreciate it. I thrive on honest input on my work and my creative process always from the time I was young. That is true. It gets emotional sometimes. I used to cry in theater school when I was getting notes, but eventually my director of our acting program said, I'm just going to keep talking while you're crying. I was like, yes please do. This is just coming out of my face, but I want the feedback. So I guess what I'm trying to say is if we can try our best to integrate that into the relationships with people that we love and care about, it only makes sense. Shouldn't be that hard, you know? I agree. This has been a really good therapy corner. I love it. Great. Do you like taking, (laughs) can you take input at work? Can you take feedback, constructive criticism in a work situation? I don't get a lot of feedback at work uh, that's <laughs> negative. child. Yeah. Right? I, I'm really good at giving people what they ask for, maybe a little bit yeah. extra. Yeah. Uh, I don't get a lot of bad feedback, and I think that's, um, that's a problem. And I think being in a relationship is very different than submitting an assignment or, or doing yeah. a thing for, for your job. Uh, and, and it's the first time where I've had notes that mattered, you know? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Now, Joe once told me after an argument the next day, he said um, that when an airplane crashes, they do the investigation, whatever it's called, and they go back and find the chain of events, chain of events, and they go back as far as it takes, and they progress along every, you know, they investigate every little piece of it to find where was it, where, where was it? That was insane. Where was it that uh, a human being could have stopped this airplane from crashing? Mm-hmm. And he immediately applied it to the argument we were having, or an argument we had had the night before, whatever. And he said, so let's walk it back. And you're telling me that it was right here when things went wrong between us. And I went, yeah, actually right. That's right. And so now let's walk that back. Let's not make that mistake again. And oh, and, and again, often with I think relationships, what I'm learning now, I didn't know this before, is that it it's usually the practical solutions that actually solve the emotional problems, you know, like whatever it is. Mm. I swear to God, it's usually me, but that's not true. Joe has his faults. But, you know, where I am overreacting to something, say, or whatever, I got angry with you at this point, um, 
to to like walk it back and go, this is where it broke down. This is where it went insane last night. And suddenly we're arguing with each other and we love each other and we get along. So what the hell happened? That happened there. Okay, so what can we do to try to prevent that from happening again? And it's usually things like, whatever, I won't say it that way or I won't bring that up. Or if we're disagreeing, we'll do this about it. Or I'll leave you a note if I leave because I know it freaks you out. I'm gone. I mean, whatever it is, it's usually practical things. I won't do that because I see that it actually bothers you that much. Um, I don't know. There's a lot, though. There's so many decisions you have to make with that kid. Yeah. Have you guys like read baby books and stuff and parenting philosophy stuff? Not a whole lot. Delaney spends a lot of time looking at, um, like what to expect and, and yeah. that sort of thing. There's there's a whole bunch of, um, forums and stuff, which is not the best thing. Yeah, I just want you know. I eventually, I eventually found a great solace. I really did in, in kind of adopting some, you know, reading some parenting books. We were into the Love and Logic, for example, you know, and it gives parents a way to talk about parenting philosophies together. Sorry, what yeah, were you going to ask we'll, me? We'll have to look at that. I was going to ask you if you minded listening to my rave. Yeah, no, I'm ready. I, and I like that. It's, I was going to see how it's getting dark outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's telling us it's time to stop podcasting because that's my light. It na- has been natural light. I'm leaving it instead of turning on a light because I think it's sexy. Okay, go. Rave. <laughs> so my rave. Let's see. I'm going to start my timer. Uh, is really, it's just a simple pleasure. Uh, it's about taking a long walk in cold weather. Mm. The seasons have changed. The weather's cold. I've traded in my walking shorts for a pair of sweatpants, my coat, and a winter hat. Uh, and there's something special about walking outside in the cold, cold weather. Uh, there's something about getting warmer as you move, something about there being fewer people on the sidewalk. Uh, it's also special because I've been walking with Sadie, and she's great. We've got her, like, this little, um... A sweater and it's a full body onesie thing and it is just absolutely adorable it's two sizes too big for her uh hands don't stick out the end of the <laughs> sleeves and her legs are, are inside the legs uh it's just so cute um so i put her in that and then she's got a little cute winter hat and a snuggly blanket she is just absolutely adorable uh and i listen to podcasts she looks at the scenery sometimes she even falls asleep uh, I love walking outside in the winter. I, 10 out of 10, would recommend. Totally with you. You're taking your hot girl walk every day with your hot little girl. That's cute. I love it, too. My it hot is girl less, walk. Yeah, it's your hot girl walk. It is less adorable when you have to pick up leaves for three weeks in a row. Um, I've got one tiny little itty-bitty tree. I and and it the wind it's so windy in my neighborhood. All my tree leaves just blow into someone else's yard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our <laughs> leaves have been blowing into our neighbor's yard for the past week. So yesterday we got out there and picked them up off of her. Oh God, it's just oh, it's great. It's beautiful. The leaves are have been absolutely beautiful this year. It's totally worth it. I'm with you. Walking outside when it's cold is awesome. Most of the time, we have a husky dog who loves the cold, but he also doesn't walk very fast. So there's a lot of times that I spend my time thinking about warmer socks and tights to wear outside (laughs) because those walks get a little chilly. Okay. Ready for my rave? I sure am. All right. I'm putting one minute on my clock. 
I'm going to rave about something I think is wonderful, which is squeezy tubes for condiments and other things. I love that the, the squeezy tube, squeezy jar even world is branching out. We know about ketchup. They've got mustard. We've had a long time. They've, they've now got jelly, mayonnaise. That is brilliant. Sour cream. Squeeze it out of a tube. It saves work in the kitchen. It saves dishes in the dishwasher. It, you could do it in artful ways. It is so ah, oh, what a horseradish! We've got a horseradish creamy sauce that I can squeeze in with a little bit of squeezed mustard. Mix it together, make the little sandwich spread that we love to eat on our sandwiches. I love squeezy tubes for everything. I mean, a, a lot of. Uh, hair products, anything that can come in a squeezy tube, I'm for it. Some of my favorite glues and epoxies, great squeezy tubes. I think I would like to encourage the uh, influencers and the young uh, idea makers out there to experiment with what else can we put into squeezy tubes one minute. Love it. I like squeezy tubes too. Those are great. Love them. Love but I, I often, the, the cheapskate in me, uh, often opts for the non-squeezy tube version of things because they're they're always more expensive. You you I pay know. for that convenience. You pay for the packaging and because it's brilliant and it is worth it to me. I bet Andrew, if you nickeled and dimed down that down, I bet that you don't pay more for a squeezy jar of, let's say mayonnaise because you, you know the water you use to clean the knife and the whatever. I bet I, if we start I bet you looking you at all nickel- the externalities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that all that all that mm-hmm. environmental uh, junk. Yeah, do a Gantt chart of what the real cost is. <laughs> <laughs> Not just to you and your pocketbook, young man. No, I don't want to go there at all. But yeah, I just love squeezy tubes, and I mean, paint in squeezy tubes, fun. Yeah, it's great. I'm Everything a big in squeezy fan. tubes, it, I love it. And I think I'm going to be thinking all week about things that aren't in squeezy tubes that should right. be good i like it i like that i've got your brain going that's what we're here for it's a puzzle it's a puzzle uh one of the things i don't completely understand because i'm an old and i have looked it up a little bit i once told you recently that i feel like i'm losing my grip on the zeitgeist uh because i'm not trying but sometimes i can't really find out the joke or the nut of a thing as easily as i used to why don't people like wordle now oh <laughs> I mean, there was I a can word. Tell you that I, don't, I don't like Wordle anymore just because I'm over it. The oh, uh, excitement right. of finding the five letter word, uh, it just, it went out. I think we got a streak of 150 or 200 and, mm. uh, and then just, it slowly faded away. We still do it. Yeah. And then have you tried Quirtle, which is four at once on a board? Uh-uh. It's hard. And it takes two people kind of for us to finish it in time or whatever. No, we still do Wordle almost every dang day. Sometimes we'll do it on the phone when Joe's traveling. Isn't that fun? That's fun. Sit there that's in silence cute. like teenagers. Often we do it in the hot tub. Yeah, that's fun. Do you have, uh, who's who's got the official Wordle phone? Do you both do it on both of your phones? Yeah. Okay. We I was yeah, we the designated Wordler. Oh, oh, you do do it. We, no, we, we would do it together. Oh, no, and, it's uh, competition, bro. Not really. We found out that you can, uh, you know, cast your phone to the television. So we lay on the couch and oh, we, we nice. both wordle together. Yeah, well, that's cool. So you can help each other. That's actually cute. We know we play it separately and it's really pretty fun. And we, we, we don't really compete 
that's how much I love him. I don't care if he beats me at Wordle. But um, we have <laughs> we talk a lot about how should we keep score because ideally it's not just the number of tries, it's how quickly you get it. Because sometimes it's just so stunning, right? Like it took me four, four guesses, but I got it in 30 seconds and then sometimes it's the opposite. So anyway, but I know Wordle had a little thing there that was like politically bad and they had a word that seemed to be connected. But I just wondered if there was anything more than that. And I suspect now that I think about it from what I've seen, it's what you just said. People are just like, nah, I'm done. I'm yeah, going. it mm-hmm. ran its course. We got other Not important things to to do these days. See, you're cooler than me there because I think you're right on the cusp of the trend and I'm still playing Wordle. And wearing leggings, I guess, that are really not, I guess they're out of season this year. Just all of a sudden, I look around and I'm like, my silhouette is not right. Gosh darn it, I'm going to have to invest in a different silhouette. <laughs> you know, it always works, though, Andrew, every single time. Black squirt. We'll keep going back to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised that you've gone as far away from the black squirt as you have, honestly. I, have I don't now. know the last time I saw you in a black squirt. Yeah, well, I haven't. Yeah, that's true. But I wear them a lot, especially to perform. It always ends up just like looking the best and being the best on stage. It's funny that that's almost. Yeah, it's the go to still. But anyway, okay, well, nice to talk to you. Now it's getting super dark. A lot of people. Oh, did we? That's great. We brought the ruckus is all I care about. And I got to hear Sadie pulling on the door thing, which I love. Yeah, she's great. It's adorable. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Goodbye, Auntie Joe. See ya. (laughs) 